The following is a continuation of the previous episode. Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from scripture will inspire and encourage you. In this episode, we continue to explore the function of biblical prophecy. Too often, prophecy is repackaged for a specific agenda rather than the truth for which it was designed. The Pharisees misinterpreted the prophetic literature about Jesus. How can we learn from their mistakes? Our agendas of interpretation and desire for control can become obstacles for seeing the true message of prophecy. True prophetic interpretation is our ability to see past what we want the prophecy to say in order to see what it was intended to say. All right, let's keep going here. John 7. Let's go to John 7 and let's look at verse uh, 40. Therefore, many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, Truly, this is the prophet. So now we're going we're gonna to have this kind of difference of opinion now in the next several verses we're going to look at. So the first group of people said, This is the prophet. What, what do they mean by the prophet? The prophet that would be like yeah, yeah, they're looking for another Moses. Deuteronomy 18.18 18 says, I will raise up a prophet from among your brethren like you. About Talking about Moses. So they're looking for a prophet. And they said, this is him. And they're saying it on the basis of what? Can you just look back up a few verses there? It's basically on the basis of... It, you have to go back away. It's basically on the basis of what he's saying. And, and, and as we go through here, it's going to be on the basis of what he's doing. But some said... Will the Christ come out of Galilee? Now, where did they know that G- the Christ was going to be born? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. They have that right or wrong? They had it right. They knew he was coming out of Bethlehem. Now, what are they missing? What do we know they're missing here? They're missing at least two things. Out of Egypt I've called my son. Okay, out of Egypt I've called my son, meaning what? Meaning, well, that's why they went into exile in Egypt. Okay. They also missed that they, they didn't know that maybe he was from he was born in Bethlehem. Yeah, they didn't go bother to go check the facts out, find out that he was actually he actually was born in Bethlehem. They didn't bother to check that out, right? They just made assumptions. Do you ever hear people making assumptions in the? Uh, but here they're saying you you didn't come out of you didn't come out of you know, who's coming out of Galilee? They're missing a prophecy though. What you remember? What prophecy they're made, uh They're missing. Uh, well. I wasn't thinking about that one. There's another one that's in Handel's Messiah uh, that you, Zebulun, and Naphtali shall have seen a great light. Then the people have seen a great Shall see a great light. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's, that's a prophecy that they missed. And, but they already had their system down. You see it? They, they had an expectation of what the Messiah was going to look like, and he wasn't fitting this. So you got one group of people saying, well, listen to what he's saying. Look at what he's doing. And the experts are saying, no, 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 he doesn't fit. When we have somebody that fits, then we'll, then we'll think about that. Let's keep on going in chapter 7. The officers, they're supposed to go arrest him. And he said, no man ever spoke like this man. And the Pharisees answered and said, are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd doesn't know what the, the law, they're accursed. Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, 
said to them, does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what, they're, what he's doing? So we hadn't even checked to see where the guy's born. We don't know what he's doing. They answered and said, are you also from Galilee? Search and look. No prophets have risen out of Galilee. He doesn't fit our system. Let's go to John chapter 9. So chapter 9, verse 16, Therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who's a sinner do such signs? So you've got one group of people saying, Well, if he's a sinner, how's he, how's he making people healed? Other people said, yeah, yeah, He's not fitting in our system. He's not keeping the Sabbath. Let's look at John 9.29. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we don't know where he's from. Well, they could have gone and checked, right? They, they, weren't, they weren't trying to find out. What they're trying to do is circle the wagons around their system. Why, this is a marvelous thing. You don't know where he's from, yet he's opened my eyes. This is the blind guy that got healed. So here we have this wonderful uh, parallel. You've got a blind guy who can see talking to. Guys who can see that are... Blind, right? Uh, this is such a rich passage. You don't know where he's from, yet he's opened my eyes. Now we know God doesn't hear sinners, but if anyone's a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it's unheard of anyone open the eyes of who is born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't do nothing. They answered and said to him, You were completely born in sins. <laughs> and you're teaching us. Now why would they say he's completely born in sins? He was born blind. And their theology was? He deserved it. He deserved it because? He was a sinner. He was a sinner or? Parents. His parents or someone else. And this is God's judgment on something they had done. And so you can't listen to this guy. So they cast him out. You see, where knowing the Scriptures and building a system is um, has the potential to miss the point. And there's nothing wrong with having a framework for understanding. All of us have that. Let's just have it not be an end unto itself. Uh, The Scriptures are not an end unto itself. The Scriptures are a means to know Jesus. Uh, Let's go back to 8. Let's look at chapter 8, verse 13. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself, therefore your witness is not true. In the rabbinic system, someone would stand up and say, you have heard it said, but I say. You've heard that in the Scriptures, right? Jesus did it on the Sermon on the Mount. But what they would do is say, you've heard it said, and they're resting on that authority, and then they would add something to that authority. Well, Jesus just spoke out and said, this is the way it is. And people said, this man speaks like he has authority. What are they saying? He's not referring to legal precedent, which was the rabbinical norm. He's just speaking like he actually knows. And they're saying, well, you're, just, you're, not, you're not following our system. I mean, if you're a Pharisee and your whole system's built up with this rabbinical um, uh, precedent and someone's just throwing it overboard, what are you going to think? Yeah, what is it? Heretic. Heretic, why? 
violates the orthodoxy. You're violating orthodoxy. And what is that threatening? The whole establishment. Who's, who's the beneficiary of the establishment? Them, right? Establishment people typically defend the establishment because it benefits the establishment. And Jesus says in verse 15, you judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. Boy, that's a fascinating verse, isn't it? And then he goes on and says, if I do judge, my judgment's true. And he's going to judge the whole world, but not not yet. Paul tells us, judge everything in time. I, I, I don't even judge myself, Paul says. But, I, but that doesn't mean I'm off the hook. It just means the judgment's in the future. And all things are going to be put right. So don't try to make it right yourself. I think people tend to use prophecy to judge other people. And that's not the point either. There will be judgment. Nobody's going to get away with the thing. It'll all be paid for one way or the other. Thankfully, Jesus has already paid for it all. That's what I'm hoping will be my case. I don't, I don't want to embrace any condemnation. So look at, let's look at John chapter 9. Let's start in 28. Then they reviled him and said, You're his disciple, but we're Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he's from. What do you, what do you see here? You see some repeating of a narrative? This is the way politicians do it. They, get, they kick a narrative and they just repeat it over and over again. There's a great quote from um, uh, Lenin that says, A lie told often enough becomes the truth. And this is, this is the way you do it in politics. You just pound a narrative away and it becomes uh, a, a, a defense in and of itself. The man answered and said, why, this is a marvel. Oh, I already did that. So I'm, I'm repeating myself now. Sorry. <laughs> Let's go to chapter 10. The Jews answered him saying, verse 33, chapter 10, verse 33. The Jews answered him saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself God. Now in this case, they had, they had ruled out one possibility, which is what? That the Messiah would be God. That the Messiah would be deity. They had ruled that out. Now on what basis did they rule that out? We're not really told. But they, they did not have that as a possibility. So what does that tell us about the way we ought to think about prophetic future? Yeah, yeah, so don't rule out possibilities unless you're, unless you're specifically told to rule out the possibility. The concept is in Jewish texts from those times. However, it's obvious from these texts that this group of people didn't believe that. Some did. Some did. This, people, this group of people did not. They had already had in mind. And again, we're not focusing. A lot of people did believe We're focusing on the people that rejected, and they were the people that knew the Scriptures the best. So the point here is, let's don't do prophetic interpretation like this. Let's don't miss the point. The point's Jesus. Let's don't make assumptions. Let's don't uh, just defend a particular system that we happen to have bought into. Uh, and, And let's don't make assumptions about what's not possible. There's some things you'll never know. Some things we'll never know. As a matter of fact, 
it's it's common for us kind of Greek culture people that start with the premise that uh, we will we will someday know. That's the whole basis of Greek philosophy, is if we just spend long enough, we'll understand everything. And there's a premise from that that when we all get to heaven, we'll all know everything. Which would mean what, if that was true? We'll be God. God. Yeah. And what actually will happen is that we will become more cognizant of infinity. We being finite, because we all have a beginning, the more you understand what infinity is, is it going to get bigger or smaller? It's going to get bigger. So as our, as our actual knowledge expands exponentially, and we know more and more and more and more and more, what are we going to be aware of? That we're getting behind. Yeah, it's becoming a smaller and smaller percentage of what we're aware is out there. Is that going to be exciting or boring? It's exciting. There's, we're never, James will always be able to teach Petrosource classes. Well, maybe not Petrosource. Some, some kind of class. I mean, there's always going to be something else to know. Well, I mean, the, the, the basic, one of the things God tells us He is, is our father, our parent. Okay, so you're now raising a child. Are you trying to tell him as much as possible about the pains and difficulties of life right now? You're just trying to get him to stand up, right? And then and get out of diapers. That would be the first big thing, right? Get out of diapers. And as, as you're trying to get him to get out of diapers, are you going to you know, kind of try to help him understand the immense pain associated with intestinal difficulties and... It's just not time, right? It's just one thing at a time as you grow up. And if you tried to get too much at once, it'd just overwhelm him. He wouldn't have anywhere to go. Have you noticed in your life that God tends to let you see your own faults a little at a time? Can you imagine if you had gotten them all at once? We kind of know what that's like from Isaiah. Isaiah went into the presence of the Lord. What did he do? Yeah, he just fell down on his face. What did he say? I'm unclean. And, and that we see that. You know, John comes in the presence of Jesus and he says, uh, I'm unclean. Yeah, I'm, I'm an unclean man. Don't you think that a, a lot of what we're talking about is that the problem with humans is our pride. And the understanding of, of prophecy is not really in pursuit of understanding. It's in pursuit of our own pride. And Jesus tells us, you know, come to us, come to him like a, a little child. And the little children didn't understand prophecy. They understood the big, they understood the main point. Right? I think we're done. <laughs> no, that's very, very well said. I, I just think, I think that's it. We're children and God's trying to tell us something. So let's listen to what he's telling us. And all the other stuff, we can, we can enjoy that too. But that's not the main point. The main point is the main point. So a couple more things. Uh, Let's look at John 11. John 11, 47. This is kind of uh, shows the hardness of our pride when we actually start to... Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do... For this man works many miracles. 
if we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. What's their motivation? What is it? Self-preservation. Okay, and that's a, you know, Tim, you do it well there. It's pride. Their motive is to entrench. And here they are. Listen to what the words they're saying. God, this guy's doing all kinds of miracles. If we don't stop him, everyone's going to believe in him. And what would be wrong with that, right? Well, what, he would, what they were drawing the conclusion of is that he, they would make himself a king, overthrow the Herodian uh, uh, system, and then Rome would come. Rome and cr- crush him. Yeah, yeah so, so that's, a, that's a good point of that. You know, we can substitute in things and say we have to control current circumstances or else things are going to go badly. Which is to say, who's in control of the future? And one of the great things we can get from prophecy is God is in control. We may not like from here to there. It may be very painful. I mean, life is kind of painful, isn't it? Have you, been, have you experienced any pain in your life? And it may be stuff happen that we don't like. But, but God is... Uh, in control. Last thing. Let's look at John 12. When Lazarus raised from the dead, many believed because Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So you got this You got this situation where maybe they don't understand exactly where he came from. Maybe they don't understand how certain prophecies fit in. Maybe, maybe they got people saying, well, you know, this theology may not be right. And they look and say, I know power when I see it. I know God when I see it. I know righteousness when I see it. I'm going to follow that. And that's kind of the point too, right? It's not our pride we're trying to build up. It's us trying to follow righteousness, God's way. So just to wrap up, prophecy is God talking about stuff. When God talks about stuff, He's leading us in the right way for our own benefit. And if we'll listen and hit the main point, We can benefit from it and we'll see Him and we'll see righteousness. We'll see benefit, life. We'll have our life be better as we follow that. And and if if we try to manipulate it to make ourselves feel like we're in control, we're just going to get messed up worse. Okay. Thank you, God, for this great opportunity to come around Your table, hear Your Word, and see that... You've got our best interest at heart. You're giving us life. You're giving us the opportunity to follow you. And we are children that want our own way. We're two-year-olds. We're six-year-olds. We think we know a lot more than we really do. And as we come to these phenomenal questions of, of uh, the prophetic understanding of future events, Lord, I pray that you give us the humility to understand what we don't know and the wisdom to see what you've got there for us that can shape us, mold us, encourage us, give us hope, give us comfort, challenge us, cause us to repent and uh, to live life better in, in, in what we call today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Yellow Balloons podcast. If you want more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, visit our website at yellowbloons.net. And if you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowbloons.net. Thanks for listening.